And also when you are loving her with your lips and tongue, mm -hmm. one of the safest ways to do that is with a dental dam. And what's this now? I ain't never no, heard of this. I know, right? I did not know. I ain't never heard of this now. What's no, this? No, you're all right. You're all right. It's latex, right? And basically, so you open it up and it's what dentists use, right? So when they're trying to operate on your, you're doing some surgical um, repair in the person's mouth and you don't want them to swallow anything, right? You can place this over their mouth. What's up everybody and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of Black, LGBTQIA individuals through an interview-style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA individual. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm joined today by a very special guest. We got Shauna Brown in the building. Her pen name, I'm learning, y'all. I'm learning something new. Her pen name is Aunt Georgia Lee. Aunt Georgia Lee, tell the people about yourself. Hey, y'all. So thank you, first of all, for letting me be here, Ashley. I'm super excited. I've been watching your show, so it's a pleasure to be here and to share um, my new novel with you and also talk talk with you and your uh, audience about my coming out story. Um, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm currently residing in a suburb called Cumming, Georgia. Um, and I have been writing steamy romances, erotica for the BIPOC lesbian community for over 20 years now. Um, I am a Cap, not sorry, I was gonna say a Capricorn. I'm a Cancer. <laughs> 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 and uh, uh, what does I want to tell you about me? Um, I started in the community, becoming more actively involved in the community after I published my first novel under my original name, which is, of course, Shauna Brown. And that novel was um, entitled A Deeper Love. And that allowed me to start co um, collaborating with other people in the community. So I've worked with the Atlanta Pride Festival. Um, I've worked with a lot of um, indie artists within our community as well in trying to bridge the gap between uh, the different cultures. As you know, Atlanta has one of the biggest um, white prides. And then, of course, we have um, our black prides as well. But this gave me an opportunity to kind of bridge the gap between the two. So that's a little bit about me. And I'm an only child. Uh, and I have a partner that um, we've been together for 20 years. And um, and then we have fur babies. So those are our kids. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, okay, all right. We're gonna get into these steamy, erotic, romantic novels. <laughs> but before we go there, you know what we gotta do. We gotta talk about, when did you know that you liked the ladies? Oh. <laughs> um, well, let's see. So my mom was always a very um, strong person. And you'll see that in the books that I write too. I write strong female characters, characters. And so I just thought, you know, I was attracted to women because they reminded me of my mother's strength, right? Um, I also was raised, co-raised by my grandparents. So as a child, a young child, I've always been attracted to older women. 
And so I've had crushes on my uh, teachers in high school, middle school, again, thinking not that I'm sexually attracted to them, but just that I admired them or I had some sort of affection for them, right? Um, But I didn't really realize that this was more than just an infatuation, right? Until I was in my 20s and I met my first potential girlfriend uh, who was from New York. She was six years older than me. And she was very confident in who she was. I was just nervous and just, <laughs> it was, my game was, no, there was no game, right? I was just super nervous to, to get to know her. Um, and at that time I was like, well, maybe I'm just bisexual. I'm not really gay. And, um, but it was my mother who actually outed me um, because after that very brief relationship with that person, I started trying to date other women. I went online and um, found, you know, went on, did online dating. And back then, of course, people were like, oh, you must be desperate to do online dating. <laughs> um, so I did that and I met, you know, various women and I was living at home and my mother heard a phone call at one point. Mm. She picked up the other end and I was, I guess I was sleep. And the person said, I just wanted to, you know, wish you good night. Back when we had landlines for for y'all listening, I don't know what y'all what she talking about. Pick up the other line. That's back when we had it was a phone downstairs, it was a phone upstairs. You was on a you had the wireless joint that you had took from some other place in the house in your room, and your mama had the corded joint downstairs, and she picked it up and heard your phone conversation. So just you know, for the for the younger listeners who don't know what that is, yes, that's what a landline is. That's what she talking about when she said her mama picked up the other line. Okay. Yes. (laughs) And so she heard that. And so the next day we were sitting around and she's like, so what's up with you and your freaky women friend? I'm like, my freaky women friends, do you have freaky women friends? No, I don't have any freaky women friends. And so we just kind of played it off. And then the next day, you know, she's like, I heard that call. And if you're gay or if you're a lesbian, I'm okay with that. I love you anyway. And so that gave me the freedom to really be myself because I was really afraid what my mother would think or my grandmother would think. And that was in my early 20s, I would say 23. And so at that point, I just started dating and then met my first um, partner that I was with for six years um, at 24. Nice, nice. And so then before that, did you date men at all? Did you explore that at all? Well, in high school, like I dated this guy because I wanted to take, I wanted someone to take me to the prom. Yeah. But I never was really interested in men. And so we were both nerds. It worked for us. I mean, even the other students were like, oh, good. Shauna and Willie are together. (laughs) They need somebody. (laughs) Hilarious. (laughs) So we went to junior, senior prom together. And then we broke up (laughs) before senior prom. So I ended up going with a group of people, but that was like the most, uh, I guess the most time of most opportunity that I actually, you know, interacted with a man and like that. And then he even kissed me the night (laughs) of the prom after prom, Mm -hmm. Uh, but no, no, I wasn't, I just never was interested in men that way. And strangely enough, the relationships I have with men now they find, I think they're more attractive to my more assertive behavior. Like they're softer, not gay or anything like that. Yeah. Very, they're, they're looking for a mother figure or maternal figure sometimes. So I do have male friends, but I'm just not attracted to them. 
Got it. Got it. So you're, you had a pretty good experience with your mom and your kind of home life. How was it for you? Like expressing that outwardly? Like, were you like, when it comes to like PDA and mm-hmm. like when you had your girlfriends and how, how, how did that manifest itself? So I was still in the closet for the most part. Like my family, I didn't realize that they were extremely homophobic because my mother is like, she was the um, eldest of five. And so pretty much she controlled her family. And if she said it was okay, then they follow suit, right? I didn't find out that they weren't until after my mother passed away. But as far as like coworkers and friends, you know, I always would say they, now of course saying the pronoun they means something completely different. different. Mm -hmm. But for us, it was, you were in the closet. They, oh, that friend, my friend, my friend, my roommate, my roommate. And so that- My partner, yeah. We don't even say partner. You don't, we, yeah, partner's even extreme. We were like, my roommate. Yeah. <laughs> they come. It's like, that's not even proper grammar. Yeah. It's one girl. Yeah. They, my, they, yeah. they said this. They called uh-huh. me on the phone. He's going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so the point of the matter is, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't out to most people, even though there were friends who eventually told me, why don't you just tell us? We already knew you were gay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Tell by what was going on with you and this roommate that you had uh, roommate yeah. Roommate. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> got, it. got it um was that ever an issue for you or was that just kind of a normal thing like did you ever have did you have partners that were more uh more open or wanted to be kind of more visible and then it was kind of like ah, yeah. like was that ever an issue yeah so the new yorker the first girl oh, right? yeah new york of she course was- <laughs> she was very open and we were like you know we didn't have cars or anything so we'd catch the train and um you know we'd meet each other for dinner or something like that and on the when we were leaving each other she was going for one um, one direction versus mine and we were at the train station there were people around us that I could have known because I'm from Atlanta mm-hmm. so I knew a lot of people in that area and she was like are you gonna kiss me or what <laughs> And I'm like, I'm here with all these people. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I was really into her. So I did, but I was so scared. And I saw the way people looked at me, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to get on that train alone with those people condemning me just, just by their stares, right? Mm-hmm. But I was willing to risk it. Um, as far as other people, the partner that I had for six years, she was in the closet for a very long time as well. But she ended up coming out to her family while we were together. And so once she did that, then we were just very more open about our, our sexuality. Yes. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And then, um, we get to, you know, start writing, uh, erotic romantic novels. Um, (laughs) when did you write your first novel? So when I was with my partner of six years, we were both working for this company, um, this, uh, healthcare company. And I had, I ended up having a crush on one of the supervisors there. And so I'm very loyal. I didn't want to, you know, cheat on my partner, nor did I want to try to, uh, you know, approach somebody who was straight, who had a family, a husband, all that stuff. I just was infatuated with her. And I've always been a writer. I've been writing since I was 10. And so I just started writing this story and I would read to my partner at night and she's like, wow, it's really good, but it's got a lot of sex in it. Where's the story? <laughs> Why you write so much about sex? You just about talking about sex. You just... I don't know. <laughs> it's so so like... was this about, it was about you and your supervisor? Was yeah. this, was, this, 
<laughs> what up? It's your host, Ashley, and I'm interrupting this podcast to ask, are you following us? Have you downloaded the podcast? Are you subscribed to us on YouTube? If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on all platforms, Queerly Black. I'm going to let y'all get back to the show. Peace. You wrote a sex book about a sex novel about you and your supervisor. I need to under, tell me the story. What happened? What, what, was, what was going on? Right she walked past my cubicle. Yeah, I would just with that smile. little mini skirt on, that suit jacket, and I could just see myself unzipping her zipper, yeah. taking off her blazer, closing her office door. Like, tell me yeah. what happened. <laughs> You'll have to read the book, but you get the gist of it, right? <laughs> so anyway, I started writing a story around it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I should have an actual story not just a bunch of we got a meeting scheduled at 10 30 <laughs> she think we gonna talk about these 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 uh these um journal entries right <laughs> what's in my mind is to talk about something no actually we ain't gonna do no talking at all okay <laughs> <laughs> whoa mm-hmm. <laughs> okay all right what, what's the title of this book <laughs> It's called A Deeper Love. Me and my supervisor. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so that was your first one. Okay, yeah. so so you read this one to, um, you you read this one to your girl, and she was <laughs> like, well, damn, like, what's it about? It's, it's just sex, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I digress, so you, you take me from there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's when I decided, oh, well, what should it be about? And so I just created this whole, you know, story backstory for the characters right and it ended up being put on hold um because I was writing for like a couple of years and I stopped then my partner and I broke up and when we broke up I started going through my own like self-identity crisis like all I knew was me and this person for six years right what was I going to do who was I going to be and I found out that I had a lot of low self-esteem and so doing my own like just evaluation myself and meeting new yeah. people and stuff, I realized I wanted this book to be more about self-love and finding a deeper love within yourself. It was still romantic. There was still sex scenes, but the character um, was concerned because she's dark skinned, her mother was white, her father was black, and so it was biracial, but she didn't feel good enough because she felt like she wasn't a good enough person because she was dark skinned. And then the other characters, lover had dumped her I mean I don't know where I got that idea from but she had dumped her after being together for six years um, for a white woman so they both had their own issues um, with that and they ended up coming together in this story and so I took a lot of things from my own personal life um, and created a deeper love and that was in 2002. Mm. Yeah. So (laughs) since then you've written how many books? Um probably now about seven or so because after that um, book I also decided like five years later I wanted to not only continue to write for myself but I wanted to promote other new voices and so I decided to publish a an anthology of 26 writers so in the community Um, and so we created longing lust and love black lesbian stories so it was erotica lusting um, love (laughs) yeah Mm. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Good. we did that. <laughs> um, and that was in 2007. Um, and then I took a hiatus for 10 years. Um, my mother passed of pancreatic cancer. And so I was just like, I'm done with the community. I'm done with everything. I didn't want to do anything anymore after that. Um, but then I came back. And when I came back, I decided to come back under a different pen name. And that's when I chose Aunt Georgia Lee, which is my middle name is Lee. And I was named after my great Aunt Georgia Lee. And so I just wanted to pay homage to my family. So that's why the Aunt Georgia Lee is there. And I decided to come back with a book called Hot for Teacher. <laughs> Aha, hot for Teacher. <laughs> we all been hot for a teacher. Yes. <laughs> I remember my first, let me see. Do I, was that my first, my first crush was on my third grade teacher. But I had two because I got transferred to a new school. So my first crush, uh, teacher crush, yeah, it was on my third mm -hmm. grade teacher. She mm -hmm. was, yeah, she was yeah, I, she was I one of them young one. teachers. You know them like back then. You you know you like you you don't know that they're young, but then like now in hindsight, I'm like, dang, she was like one of them fresh ones, like yeah. fresh out of like Teach for America, like <laughs> two three years out. You know, like uh -oh. young. She had a kid too, um, and I actually I, <laughs> I actually interacted with her later, huh? <laughs> like I, I no 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 I well. No, 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 no. Um, she, <laughs> I interacted with her later. She, she, um, like as an adult, not like not not in a relationship or anything. But mm -hmm. she was teaching at a place that I was working at when I was in college. Um, okay. and I and I remember like having a crush on her. Like I was like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's Miss. Hey, I ain't gonna say her name, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, I remember like having a crush on her. Like mm -hmm. it was it was crazy, and she looked like very similar. So it was like wow, like she's still okay. really pretty. Like it was like it was interesting. So yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, teacher, okay, tell me about this story. Tell me. Yeah, yeah. So um, well, I had a crush on my French teacher in high school. Oh, French teacher. Her. So she was all yes, accent. I love oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Aunt Georgia. <laughs> but yeah, but most of my stories you'll find they're about families, right? It's all about the family that you create. It doesn't have to be the family that you're born into. So this story is about a guidance counselor at a, a middle school. And she's trying to coach this young boy, trying to figure out what's wrong with him because he's usually an A student, but his um, behavior and his work has declined. So he calls for a parent-teacher conference. And when the parent comes, it's actually the son, the, the little boy's aunt, who is now has adopted him, right? And she's this hot, sexy auntie, Ooh. right? That they're both instantly are attracted to each other. But she comes in with, you know, this other, this man comes in and the guidance counselor assumes that she's straight, but she's like, I'm feeling different vibes. Not she can't be straight, is she? I wish she weren't mm -hmm. straight. And come to find out that they're actually just very good friends. He's gay. They've moved in together, but they are now parenting this child. And so it's all about the guidance counselor and the aunt who is also a manager of a gentleman's club, them fighting their attraction for each other, but coming together to try to figure out what's going on with this child. Mm -hmm. And some of them, I'm sure there's some fantasies in this story, in this book. Yeah, that, you know what I mean. Yeah, okay, okay, teacher. All right, Miss yeah. French teacher. All right now, okay. So then, present day, you have a new book coming out. Yes, let's talk about it. They call me Doctor Feel Good, right? Yeah, so Doctor Feel Good. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this is in the same series, right? This is a full length novel. I've been writing like short stories after Hot for Teacher um, because I have all these different ideals, but it takes a long time to write something that's a full length novel. So I started doing these short stories, but They Call Me Dr. Feelgood is in this um, series called In the Family Series. So it's about Nia West. And just to give you like a quick idea of why I choose certain characters and stuff for names, like for Hot for Teacher, I've always had a celebrity crush on um, Sanaa Latham. Woo! And yes, and Jennifer Bills. Moment of silence so for Sanaa Latham. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. yes, Lord. So Regina saw, Hall is mine. Oh yeah, no, Regina's hot. Yes. Lord, yeah. <laughs> so when so when I looked, when I thought about the characters in Hoffer Teacher, I would envision them as Sanaa Latham and Jennifer Bills. When I started writing this story, I thought about the main character being Nia Long, because she's also hot, right? So I even named the character Nia. It's just not spelled the same way as Nia Long. And then I wanted to figure out, well, what's her last name, right? And I thought of Nine West, Nine West Shoes. So that's why she's called mm. Nia West. Mm -hmm. um, but I also wanted to take things from my own personal background. So I've worked in software development um, for many, many years. And so I wanted to make this woman a CEO of a company. And I chose cybersecurity software as the company that she owns, right? A company that deals with cybersecurity software. And then I wanted to um, create a character that was strong and masculine, you know, and assertive that was, you know, very handsome that could play, you know, across Nia West, right? Who is a feminine, um, assertive woman, but, you know, take charge type A woman. Um, but I wanted her lover to be more dominant looking, right? So I thought of Charlotte Ellis um, is the character, Charlie, who is a um, airman first class, former um, Air Force in, in the military, right? Um, just coming out of the military and deciding that she wants a new job. And she ends up meeting Nia at a networking group. And then of course, there's this instant attraction. So Nia doesn't know, do I want her as you know, a personal um, relationship or does she want her as, you know, someone to take a, a spot in this team that she's building um, for her company. So she's got that conflict of interest between mm. her bed partner or do I want her as a business partner? Bed partner, baby. <laughs> Let me get that bed partner. Hey. <laughs> so how long did it take you to, to write this book? Um, I would say about a year because um, I started and usually when I start, like I'm really into it and then I was halfway through and then I just was like, okay, I got writer's block. I don't know where I want to go with this. And so I took a couple of months off um, and then started writing some short stories and publishing those. And then I just recently finished writing this novel um, in January. And then of course the editing process and all that stuff. So total about a year. Okay. All right. We're going to read a little excerpt <laughs> from the, from the Dr. Phil. Y'all ready? Okay. Let's see. I'm testing out my, my, uh, my erotic voice. Okay. Let's see. Charlotte guided Nia's body between her legs in the seated position. Ooh. Oh, what y'all know about that? <laughs> she relaxed against Charlotte's strong chest. Charlotte wrapped her arms around Nia's waist 
and Nia's soft hands covered hers. They created the perfect package, all wrapped together in a protective embrace. Nia smoothed behind, moved closer to the curve of her crotch. Y'all, listen. She couldn't resist gripping that perfect fitted butt with the strength of her pelvis and thigh muscles. Charlotte, Nia whispered, moving her body seductively against Charlotte's lower half. She hadn't intended to seduce Nia. She wanted to soothe Nia's pain, but their bodies demanded more. Charlotte answered Nia's call with hands that explored her itty-bitty titties. Shout out to the itty-bitty titty committee. Softly caressing them, fingering them, pinching them, and pulling them onto their owner, squirming with her embrace. Mmm, Charlotte. Ooh, y'all better go get that book. Dr. Feelgood. Y'all better go get it. Dr. Feelgood. Y'all see what's going on. Y'all see what's going on. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna read nothing else. That's it. That's all y'all get. Charlotte and Nia, y'all better go check it out. Dr. Feelgood. All right now. Um, so now y'all got a little preview of the book. I added my own little stuff in there, but you know, it's it's most 99% of that is on Georgia Lee's pen. Um, y'all go get the book, it comes out this weekend. Um, it'll be out by the time this comes out. Um, so y'all can get it. Um, okay, now let's talk about safe sex. Yes. So let's get in, into it. Yeah, yeah. So the major I mean the the majority of the book is about the relationship between Nia and Charlie, right? Um, but Nia has a secret and her secret is that she's HIV positive. And I know when I talked to one of my colleagues about, you know, this book, they were like, oh, she's HIV positive. That's kind of, I was like, what, depressing, sad? And she was like, yeah, but it's not, that's not the intent of this book. It's not to make somebody feel sad. It's not a public service announcement. It's actually showing us that even within our community, people can be HIV positive. Right. They can also have sexually, other sexually transmitted diseases. And when I was just starting out in our community, that just wasn't something that we thought about, right? Or I didn't think about. And a lot of women that I knew, we thought it was safe to be lesbian and not contract a disease like that. We saw HIV or AIDS as basically a gay male's Man's disease. disease. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. A gay male's disease or a African-American heterosexual woman. That's what we knew yeah. to be right? Because so, she'd been having sex with a man who exactly. may have been having sex with another man. Oh, call on the down low. Yeah, right? on the down low. Yeah, exactly. So for us, you know, we didn't worry about that. And I can be honest and tell you, I did not practice safe sex. I didn't think that I needed to. Um, so luckily for me, I never contracted any diseases, but that doesn't mean that there aren't women out there who have or won't. And now as I look at our world and how fluid we are and how we're the sexual freedom that we have, we're even more evolved into different relationships, not just saying, well, if I'm a lesbian, I'm only going to be with another woman. Right. Now we're polyamorous, we are bisexual. We have a lot of different things that we're exploring and maybe we, we always did, but now, which is a good thing that we're more confident about being who we really want to be. But what I don't see is a lot of talk about how we are protecting ourselves by interacting with so many different people. And again, I was just 
to me as naive, not knowing that, right? I remember a woman that I was interested in dating and she's like, oh, you're going to have to take an STD test before we do anything if we do yeah. it. I was like, why? Why do I gotta do that? You know, I'm yeah. good. I'm lesbian. She was like, cause you can't come up in my temple with all that. I don't know <laughs> right. where you been. Right. Go get right. yourself checked. Yeah. <laughs> and I would get STD tests every year. Every yeah. physical, I got it. But I just did it because that's just what they offered me, right? Um, or I remember a friend who was like, she was with her lover for years. And she's like, when we're intimate, we use gloves. And I'm like, why do you use gloves? And I never asked, but I kept thinking, why? Why do you need any of that? And why would you use a condom? Condom? I'm not going to get pregnant. I mean, that's just how I felt. even yeah. Right. Um, so one of the things that I started learning more about, even on social media, and that there are lesbians who are do that are HIV positive um, and that they are struggling to find relationships, people who want to be in a relationship with them. Um, if they are open about their status, right? And I understand both sides of that, but I wanted to write a story that was going to empower those women and that was also going to inform other people that, you know, everybody has the right to have love and that there's somebody there for everyone. But on the flip side, I also wanted to have kind of a public service announcement about, are you having safe sex? And it's not necessarily boring or, you know, not as much fun if you glove up, if you protect yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And in doing my own research, because even though I've been married to my partner for 20 years, we didn't have safe sex in the beginning. We didn't have safe sex even through our relationship yeah. now. But then when I started doing the research, I was like, what is this? What is that? And I realized, like, you were so naive, even at 53, you mm -hmm. don't know about safe sex measures. And that stuff became more and more important to me, right? Mm -hmm. So that is all in this book. And I love a challenge. How do you make what I just said sexy? Yeah. Did what are some things turned, that you could do? Did you get turned on by yeah, sex? Yeah, not some gloves. Like, what you doing with that? <laughs> gloves, baby. What are we doing with the gloves? Come on now. Just go right. wash your hands. Just go wash your hands. You know what I'm saying? A little peroxide, <laughs> you know, clean yourself up. You know what I mean? Just wipe right. it out, you know? Gloves, what we talking about? <laughs> right. So <laughs> I thought this would be a great way. Mm -hmm. Again, give that exposure, right? And create a story for, for women who want that kind of love, like happy love with someone who accepts them, but also a way to make safe sex sexy. Yeah. So that's what this so what can about. so what what do you have so what what are some of the things some we gifts. can use yes girl to make safe sex attractive <laughs> uh oh we got a little big bag right? oh y'all better watch i got it i got a goodie bag got a goodie bag let me see what we got going on so remember i told you my friend said she used gloves right uh oh uh oh so you know when you're doing a little foreplay hey now Fingering, mm -hmm. you, know, you could always put on the gloves right the kitchen gloves all right <laughs> cleaning gloves on y'all now uh -oh. whether you uh -oh. are a seasoned woman or mm -hmm. not it doesn't hurt to have a little hey now hey now so make sure you protect yourself hey now the gliding lube get, you, get, you, get yourself some <laughs> and then if you're playing with of course toys right yeah. you want to make sure that you keep those clean right yeah. i remember even seeing on um, instagram when they were talking about if you are dating multiple women or you date somebody new, right? Don't use the same dildo yeah. on a strap, however you want to call yeah. it, 
on the next person. Next like, person. Yeah. Get a new one, right? Yeah. But even when you are using your your strap, right? Keep it clean. So keep it clean. Toy, toy cleaner, then right? Clean yourself up. Clean it up. <laughs> and then also when you are loving her with your lips and tongue. Mm-hmm. One of the safest ways to do that is with a dental dam. And what's this now? I ain't never no, heard of this. I know, right? I did not know. I ain't never heard of this now. What's no, this? No, you're all right. You're all right. It's latex, right? And basically, so you open it up and it's what dentists use, right? So when they're trying to operate on your, you're doing some surgical um, repair in the person's mouth and you don't want them to swallow anything, right? You can place this over their mouths. Well, they have them in toy stores as well. And you can use them. Some of them are flavored, right? Um, and you can use that. And actually, this is cherry. <laughs> place this over your lover's vagina or mm-hmm. you want to call it pussy, mm-hmm. right? And then you can do. All right can, now. Her, with, the, with, a little, with a little cloth right? in between. But you need the loop first so that you know you can make sure that it sticks mm-hmm. to the vaginal area. And then you place it over her vagina. And then you can actually perform conolingus or whatever you like to call it, lick the pussy <laughs> using the dental dam. The... Eat the cat. Eat the cat. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, let's see, I have for you. It looks like a small little condom. But if you wanted to finger her and you didn't want this glove, right? Mm-hmm. The big glove, you can always use what we call a finger clot. So, and all the finger clot is, and I'm just trying to show you didn't have a malfunction here. But anyway, okay, here you go. So the finger clot is really like, you ever have a cut on your finger? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to use a Band-Aid. You can use this and put it on your finger. I haven't rolled it all the way down, mm-hmm. but instead of this is acting as a condom, yeah, on your hand. finger. Mm-hmm. So those there are you my have it. examples. <laughs> all right, now you learn something new every day. <laughs> Lesbians, we gotta have safe sex too. Yes, we yeah. do. Protect we yourself. Do. Protect your mouth. Protect your mouth. <laughs> protect your mouth. Yes, protect. Your take mouth. away from here. Take protect the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean, protect your mouth. That's, that's I'm, I'm gonna leave it there. Yes. <laughs> All right now. So the book is coming out. Dr. Um, feel good. This Saturday. Feel good. Um what do you want people to know about you? About me? Um, that I'm very passionate about our community. Um, not just the BIPOC community, but it is very important to me, right? And I write these stories because I love writing romance stories. I've been in love with romance stories since I was a kid, but they were always Harlequin romance stories. They were always straight people's stories or white people's stories. They weren't in our community. Ours, yeah. And so this is my joy for myself, but also for the community. I want people to be able to read them, to see themselves in these stories. I have stories that are coming out in the future of, of female rappers, um, of R&B singers that are have been in the closet or they're in a relationship now, um, as well as stories for women who are 40 and older, because we can still get our groove back too. Hey. 
Um, and so I just want to be able to share those stories with our community and enjoy that, right? Yeah. Um, because that's my activism. That's my way of helping our community. Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's great. And I think it is important, um, especially the way you tie in the whole safe sex thing, because that's not something that let like lesbians don't really talk about mm -hmm. too much. I think, um, oh, I think um, gay men definitely talk about that straight people definitely talk about it, but not not enough um, in the lesbian community. So much appreciated. Um, you know, obviously, uh, <laughs> sex is something that a lot of people are not comfortable talking about so thank you for the for your advocacy in that way of just kind of um making it tasteful for people to <laughs> you know live into to, to feeling all the things about the human experience yes. um so thank you for that tell the people where they can find you you can find me um my website is onyxlee.pub as well as on instagram under onyxlee publishing and Aunt Georgia Lee underscore author and on TikTok as well. I'm learning to uh, explore TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, publishing there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming through. I definitely appreciated this conversation. We had a lot, a lot of fun. Um, yes, and y'all already know, man, this is another episode of the Quilly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace. <laughs>